Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. The farmer we're going to meet next pretty much lets his stock do their own thing. Now, I should say former farmer, because Ian Knight used to produce and sell boxes of monarch butterflies for wedding day celebrations. The pandemic put a stop to big gatherings for a period, so Ian wound down that business. But the monarch butterflies are still a big passion of his, as Sally Round discovered when she visited his butterfly house in Hope near Nelson. We're just going to head in now to the tunnel houses and our butterfly enclosure. see some butterflies already over there. Yes, there are monarchs There's just flying around flying. Uh, free outside. There. Most of those will have uh, been released from here. Others will have been just attracted because of the many swamp plants that are growing inside and outside of the tunnel houses. Why is it important to have a flourishing monarch butterfly population? Oh, just because they're so beautiful, Sally. They, they are just uh, gorgeous. Uh, they're they're the, the, the largest and most decorative butterfly that we have in New Zealand. Look now, at those two. One is on the outside and one is on the inside and they're, they're almost kissing. They, they are doing the, the mating process through the netting <laughs> which is really quite did weird. Did we just witness that just then? Uh, no it didn't quite happen uh, they need a little bit, little bit more connection than that but uh, they were certainly um, considering it very seriously. Now we're going to go around this way around these uh, big swamp plants just here. We're going to go around this way because the pathway down beside the tunnel houses is uh, completely overgrown with swamp plants that have grown from seeds from the last season's swans. Uh, this is why these plants are called swan plants because uh, I just take that off there you'll see that this uh, seed pod looks like a swan's body and the swan's neck so curving up and that's where it got its name from. And the swan plant is important because it's the main food. This is for the, the only food for the caterpillars for the um, monarch butterfly. These butterflies probably came to New Zealand first, windblown from Australia, but somehow or other, swan plants came to New Zealand before the butterflies. And the best explanation that I've heard for that is that way back in the early whaling days, the whalers who sailed on sailing ships down into the Southern Ocean to get um, whales for oil brought with them from the UK... And, and Europe, the seed pods of the swamp plants, almost like dandelion fluff, which they used for padding their jackets, making pillows out of. So the swamp plants were here before the butterflies came. When I come into the tunnel house, particularly in the early morning when the, the, the light's quite soft, uh, and I see these butterflies flying around, 
uh, it reminds me that that's why I do this job because I just love having them flying around and uh, doing their natural thing. And even while we're talking, I saw a paper wasp fly past. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that must be uh, annoying. Yes, yes. They, we'll get they, on to that in a they, moment they, because they are the big threat to, to these butterflies. Yes, they are. Yes. Um, yes. Tell us, first of all, why are you so interested in butterflies? Well, from way back when our kids were little, it was really cool to be able to show them uh, butterflies, caterpillars on the swan plants, things like that. Uh, we always had swan plants around um, where we lived and uh, it developed from there. Uh, my youngest daughter was a marriage celebrant and she came home from a wedding that she'd conducted uh, one Saturday afternoon and she said, hey dad, I was at this wedding today and uh, the couple released some monarch butterflies. She said it was absolutely beautiful. It's the first time she'd experienced it. And uh, so she naturally uh, chatted to the, the couple after the ceremony was over and um, found out that they had searched right throughout New Zealand and that there was only one supplier up in Auckland for the whole of the country. I had recently retired at that point and so she said you've been a, a bit of an entrepreneur when we were kids you always had swan plants around she said all you'd have to do is to um, to grow some swan plants uh, put up a web, uh, website on the internet and um, you can halve the monopoly that the guy in Auckland's got so well yes I could try that so you gave it a go <laughs> so and you started I, up a butterfly I farm. did in, in, a, in a house in suburbia um, I built a small enclosure alongside the house under the eaves uh, so that uh, when we looked out from our dining room window we could see butterflies and caterpillars and doing their thing and uh, and it grew from there then I built another enclosure and another and one spring probably three years into me growing, growing lots of butterflies and, and getting orders and sending them all around the country I suddenly realized that hey now I'm the monopoly <laughs> I've got the monopoly for all of New Zealand. Um, and the market's not big, I've got to say, you know. Um, there's not too many people who want to spend the kind of money that they have to to get butterflies couriered all around the countryside uh, to get to where they need to have their wedding. And some of those things have been really challenging. People, people like to have weddings in lovely out-of-the-way places and getting the courier to, <laughs> to get them to there at the right time and uh, in good condition is just diabolical. discovered from nature with monarch butterflies and probably other butterflies as well that when it's cold and dark as in winter they simply go to sleep and so uh, when I had an order to uh, to send out uh, usually on a Friday afternoon for a Saturday wedding I would gather anything from 2 to 10 to 20 in a netting cube cage which I have for the purpose uh, take them inside and put them in the fridge first off uh, just to cool them down uh, and they would go to sleep in five to ten minutes then I could take them off to the bathroom which is the coolest room in the house uh, and I would be able to first of all examine the wings to make sure that they're all in perfect condition and then uh, put them into a um, release box and then pack it in a polystyrene box with some chiller packs to keep the temperature cold enough for them to be comfortable and sleeping uh, in their journey to their destination. 
Curia would come mid-afternoon on a Friday or any day that we were sending butterflies away and uh, take them away and they pretty much guaranteed that they would have butterflies to their destination by 10 o'clock the next morning. See, I, I would produce um, probably three to 4,000 butterflies in any season. Uh, I would sell a few hundred. Um, the rest were just let go. Some people might think that it's not a great idea to farm butterflies. I mean, what happens when you release all those butterflies? Do they, are their lives shorter? No, not no. In fact, um, I think they they benefit from growing um, in enclosures like this. Figures that I've heard are that in nature, only five percent of all eggs that are laid by adult butterflies uh, will make it through the life cycle to become adult butterflies themselves. I believe that that in my safe space, the percentage is more like 95% success rate. When I had um, four tunnel houses, I had them separated, but now I've got one and a half um, tunnel houses where the, the whole process takes place. So uh, in the springtime, we actually um, went out with a net and caught a couple of wild, overwintered uh, butterflies, brought them in here to lay a few eggs, uh, and then that process has carried on since then. They went, the eggs hatched out into butterflies, into caterpillars, the caterpillars grew, uh, turned into chrysalises, the chrysalises hatched out uh, into butterflies, and then those butterflies in turn started laying eggs and following the process on. I can see hanging from the netting and from the tubes holding up the netting all these little chrysalises. Chrysalises. And they are so fascinating. Um, you see the gold rim around the, the, the shoulder, if you like, of, of the, the chrysalis. Um, it's, it's very decorative, very distinctive. It and is, it's sort of glittering like gold. Yes, Research out of the States has shown that each of those uh, gold dots is actually an air vent. It allows air in for the development of the embryo butterfly inside of the chrysalis. So they can open and close them to allow air in, but not to allow anything else that would destroy that process. Sally, over here on the uh, frame of, of the tunnel house, there's a caterpillar hanging upside down in a J shape. That's very characteristic of uh, monarch butterflies. Hanging from their back feet, uh, attached to the silk that they have woven a little button, they'll hang there until they feel ready to uh, shed their skin for the last time. Looking in that same spot, you can see uh, several empty chrysalis shells that, again, when they've burst out of there in their butterfly state, their wings are almost like a parachute, all packed down very tightly, and their body is quite plump. And their first job uh, when they come out of the chrysalis is that they have to pump body fluids from their body out to fill up the wings, the veins in the wings, to uh, show these, these beautiful the markings, uh, markings on, beautiful, on the, the butterfly. Yeah. Are they all different? The markings? There, there, are, there are minor differences, but, but the, the main characteristics are the same through and through. The only difference with uh, the male butterflies and the female butterflies is a couple of dark spots and if I can locate a butterfly which just conveniently is right here in front of me. Uh, these are two boys actually. See those dark spots on yes. that vein at the back? Mm -hmm. That's the male pheromone gland. 
and uh, basically all the boys have to do is flutter their wings and the girls will come flying from miles around attracted by the pheromones and then um, yeah they do their thing so um, often at the beginning particularly at the beginning of the, of the season in um, parks you'll see butterflies flying over um, gardens in the park uh, flower gardens and they're, they're patrolling waiting for a female to turn up they know they're going to come and so they're just waiting to pounce and they're into it why are people so fascinated by butterflies do you think uh, I'm sure that it has a lot to do with the sense of transformation that takes place from the caterpillar to the butterfly uh, it talks about new life uh, when the butterflies hatch out and so when, when people are releasing butterflies usually the celebrant says some nice things about um, the couple starting a new phase of their life together uh, and symbolised by these butterflies being released and flying away and doing their thing. What are the greatest threats to them? There are a number of predators, uh, things like uh, ants. Ants mistake the eggs for their own eggs and carry them off. Um, spiders find them to be a yummy sort of a snack. <laughs> um, praying mantises, much as I love praying mantises, they eat the small caterpillars. But the, the worst of all uh, would be the Asian paper wasps. The Asian paper wasps have uh, progressively spread throughout the country, uh, first being introduced uh, in New Zealand, probably uh, piggybacking on shipping containers and, and uh, goods coming into the country. And this is back before they were more stringently controlled at the border. Uh, and so they have naturalised in New Zealand and spread uh, further and further down through the North Island, made the, 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 um, the transition across Cook Strait to where we are and uh, have become more and more settled in Nelson region. They basically are taking the, the live protein from the caterpillars back to the nest to feed their babies. So they're just doing what they do naturally. It's just that if they hadn't been introduced into New Zealand accidentally, then we wouldn't have anything like the issue that we do today with paper wasps. But I, uh, even while we've been talking here, have seen paper wasps flying backwards and forwards outside. They know that there are caterpillars in here. They'll be looking for one. There's, there's a wasp right there. Yes. They'll be looking for a, a caterpillar that's climbing up, climbing up the, the netting uh, to, to uh, make its chrysalis. And they will sting that caterpillar through the netting. And then uh, when it's immobilised, they'll just suck the insides out of it and take it off home to the babies. That's gruesome. And who's winning this war? Well, um, I think that particularly in my uh, protective custody arrangement here, I'm winning because I can still produce hundreds of, of butterflies uh, in this environment, whereas out in the, the natural environment, I've got swan plants growing uh, wild um, all around the property. And from time to time I'll go looking to see if there are eggs being laid out there and sometimes I will see a few, sometimes I'll see tiny caterpillars but I could go back two days later and they're gone. Um, the wasps have located them and just consumed them. So what can be done about the wasps situation? Well um, there are some um, university students who are um, doing some research on the subject 
they have been instrumental in producing a bait which is very effective on the, the German wasps that we are, are very common up in the bush around the South Island, down the west coast, uh, where their numbers have been very high. The, the scientists have told me that they have a, about a 95% kill rate in the, the wild nests. Uh, they haven't yet found a solution for the Asian paper wasps because they feed specifically on live bait. Invariably, people, when I talk to them and they, they realise that I'm the, the monarch butterfly man from out at Hope, they say, look, we haven't seen monarch butterflies for years. Uh, and it's because in the wild, the wasps are just decimating them. And left to their own devices, um, they would soon become endangered and then they would just be wiped out. Ian Knight there, talking to Sally Round. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.